This is the Breath of Fresh Jets podcast with Charlie Badwini. What is going on, everybody, and welcome back to the Breath of Fresh Jets podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Badwini, and this is your number one stop for all things Jets content and news. Last night, final score of 45-30 to in Indianapolis on Thursday night football. Jets take the L against a, a, a struggling Colts team who had dropped, I believe it was like almost two straight. Uh, they needed a win pretty bad last night, and they got one. The Jets, on the other hand, did not. The Mike White magic did not continue. He was unfortunately taken out of the game early due to a wrist injury he suffered on his first passing, passing touchdown of the night. And from there, the defense couldn't stop a nosebleed. Um, the Colts were able to run all over the Jets. They had over 500 yards of offense, I want to say halfway through the third quarter. And just an absolutely dreadful performance from the Jets' defense. A week removed from uh, such a promising showing against a Bengals team that had a better offense on paper than the Colts did, but that didn't matter last night in Indy. It wasn't all bad yesterday, though. There were a few bright spots, most of, mostly on the offensive side of the ball. Defense was just a total, uh, total train wreck over there, but let's talk about some offense, because once again, a Jets backup quarterback stepped in and had, honestly, one hell of a day. Recent trade acquisition, Joe Flacco, quarterback from the Eagles, he was not active last night, didn't suit up. He was on the sideline in street clothes with Zach Wilson. So uh, behind Mike White was only Josh Johnson, who's been on the roster since August. He was on the practice squad. He's been QB3 before the Flacco trade. And after Mike White's injury on his touchdown pass last night, Johnson came in uh, and he executed the offense at a, a pretty high level. He was 27-41 of 41 for 317 yards, three touchdowns, and an interception. Mike White, before he came out, was looking great. He was 7 of 11 for 95 yards and a touchdown, no picks. And unfortunately, just a rough day for the Jets' defense, and the offense was never never able to you know, get get back into it. They, they scored three straight uh, times on, on three possessions in the second half, I believe. And the defense just, once again, just could not stop a nosebleed last night. Just an absolutely pitiful performance from Bob Sala and Jeff Ulbrich and company over there. Rookie receiver Elijah Moore had his breakout game last night. He played like an absolute superstar. He had seven catches, 84 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, just an absolute great game from Elijah. I, I, I was waiting for this game. Uh, all, all training camp, all preseason, all we heard about from the Jets beat and, and, and from those around the organization that th this guy is just an absolute stud and a playmaker. And then once you get the ball in his hands, crazy things happen. And last night, he showed what he could do against a, a pretty solid defense in the Colts. Um, you know, big game, big stat line, and I really hope he's able to build off this performance and keep it moving. Like, you know, last week we had Michael Carter going off with his, uh, his breakout game. Michael Carter was quiet last night, but Elijah Moore, and I, I'm just, that's, at this point, that's all, that's all we can hope for is these rookies just keep improving, keep getting better, and they're the reasons why we, we start winning some of these football games. Last night, I think, finally put the nail in the Denzel Mims coffin. It's, I think it's clear to see now why he's been buried on the depth chart for so long. He had a few really bad drops in open space that uh, an NFL receiver should, should routinely catch. Um, I'm, I'm not completely out on Mims. He's a second-year second year player. I mean, he still has time to grow and develop, but 
it, it's clear that Jet fans, remember, I remember in the beginning of the season, I was one of them pandering for, for Mims because he was making some of these plays, but it's clear he's not ready to, to put it all together uh, at this moment in time, but holding out hope that Denzel can, can start putting some better football together down the stretch as the Jets make some roster decisions down the stretch. The offensive line did not look great last night. They've put together a couple weeks of, of pretty solid performances, but the Jets on both offense and defense were just dominated in the trenches. The Colts defensive line was able to have their way with the Jets offensive line and vice versa. The Jets defensive line had virtually no pressure on Carson Wentz throughout the night at all, and that is key as to why Carson Wentz looked so good last night. Only the Jets could make Carson Wentz look like his MVP season from 2017. But, like I said, uh, the Colts offensive line just manhandled us. Defensive line manhandled us. And that was clear from the rip. And the main reason why the Jets got out to such a, a huge a huge uh, deficit so, so damn fast. Injury-wise, the Jets took two pretty decent blows last night. Tyler Croft, our, our, one of our starting tight ends, went down with a lung laceration. He's out for the foreseeable future, but apparently has a shot to make a return at some point uh, this season. Unfortunately, on the defensive side of the ball, safety Marcus May, who's been dealing with some issues this year, tore his Achilles last night and will be done for the rest of the 2020 season, or excuse me, 2021 season. And it's possible last night was his last game as a New York Jet. Don't know how likely it is for the Jets to sign a... I think he's going to be 30 years old when uh, when we're in, in next free agency. Coming off a torn, torn Achilles, just uh, not not good for Marcus May. And I, I feel for him as, uh, as someone who's watched his career these last couple years. Unfortunately, those two positions, tight end and safety, might be the weakest on both sides of the ball. Um, right now, the Jets are only have Ryan Griffin uh, on the active roster and Kenny Yaboa on the practice squad. Only two tight ends. They traded Dan Brown earlier last week to the Chiefs for uh, LDT, the new guard, who I'm hoping will start next week because Van Roten was once again absolutely terrible last night. So expect the Jets to be adding a tight end uh, sometime this this week. It, it's impossible for them to only have two at the moment. I mean, I guess we also have Trayvon Wesco, but he's, he's a bit more of a fullback uh, blocking tight end than he is a pass catcher. And and hey, maybe he develops a little bit here with an opportunity to step up and make some grabs. He's he's missed some games with injury uh, the past month or so, but you know, honestly, play the young guys, the guys with the upside. Marcus May going down is a big hit to the uh, secondary of the Jets. Our next best safety is probably Ashton Davis, which is a very very sad thing to say, considering how terrible he is. On the Jonathan Taylor 70-yard touchdown run last night, ESPN posted one of those next-gen stats where it shows like the bird's-eye view of like the the angles all the players take on a certain play and the angle he took on Taylor coming out of of the uh of the, like the second level was just absolutely horrific I don't know what the fuck he was thinking but another one of Joe Douglas's 2020 draft picks looking like a bit more of a bust every single week back to the offense because the defense just talking about it is depressing me at the moment um, I, Mike LaFleur needs to be staying in the booth. O over the last two games, the booth LaFleur offense has generated 997 yards, 8 touchdowns, and 64 points in two games. Clearly, there's something that LaFleur sees in the booth that he doesn't see on the sideline, and he should be up there for the rest of the season. No question. So all in all, a rough night for the Jets, but wh where do they go from here? So 
Thursday night football, the Jets now have a mini bye. They have the weekend to rest and then all of next week to prepare for a home game against the AFC East first place frontrunner, Buffalo Bills. Coach Sala said in his pressers this week that the Jets were looking to uh, get Wilson back to practice next week, his first practice action following the PCL strain. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's to me, I, I don't see the point in rushing Zach back if he's not 100% ready. Uh, it, it's great if they want to have him practicing next week, get, get back into game shape a little bit. But I don't really want to throw him out against the Buffalo Bills, throw him into the fire. It's just the Bills, I, I mean... I want to say defensively, they're one of the top units in football right now. They have to be at least top five. And throwing Zach out against a team like that in his first game back from injury just doesn't sound like a recipe for success. So if Mike White's all good, I know last night they were talking about, well, all that really happened with Mike was when he threw that touchdown pass, the first one of the game, he got his hand and his arm wrapped up in a Colts defensive lineman and it was a nerve thing. Like he lost, he lost feeling on, on his right hand, middle, and ring finger. So he couldn't grip the football, couldn't throw it. That's why uh, he didn't play the rest of the game. That's why Josh Johnson was uh, QB1 for the remainder of the night. But um, on that first drive, Mike White played great. Like I said, he, he, he was, he was uh, executing the offense. I think he, maybe he had one ball that could have been intercepted. But regardless, um, the, the, the Jets should absolutely start Mike White next week. And... I don't think they should be throwing Zach right back into the flames just yet. I think it's really beneficial for, for Zach right now to be watching these other, other quarterbacks like Mike White and Josh Johnson, even Joe Flacco to a certain degree, watch them execute this offense because the offense works clearly over these last two games when, when it's executed properly. All Zach has to do is, is take this film, take this, uh, take this time to be watching and learn what, what these quarterbacks are doing to move the chains, to get first downs consistently, to, score, to be scoring points. Take the easy stuff because it's there for you in this offense. It's the most quarterback-friendly offense in all of football. If Zach can learn to, to mesh together the, the boring check-down football that Mike White and Josh Johnson have been playing the past two weeks and also combine in some of those mind-blowing, crazy, spectacular Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers-esque throws that we saw in the Titans game, then watch out, NFL, because Zach Wilson's coming to light your ass up. That's all I got for you guys today. Thanks for tuning in to the Breath of Fresh Jets podcast. I was your host, Charlie, and talk to you guys uh, either tonight or tomorrow. We're bringing the boys back for another Picks podcast. I know it's been a few weeks, but we're finally ready to hop back on that horse. All of our prior obligations have been taken care of, and we're going to be bringing you some locks. So stay tuned for that. And once again, thank you for listening. You've been listening to The Breath of Fresh Jets with Charlie Badwinkle.